game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Back to McDavid inside. That was poke checked away at the last moment by Dewar. Second chance, Connor Brown scores. 5-2 Edmonton. The Oilers stayed with it and give it a second chance, Connor Brown. Big night for the new guy, Connor Brown. Two goals and an assist. Meanwhile, your captain, Connor McDavid, a goal and three assists. And the Oilers cruise past the Calgary Flames tonight in preseason action. 7-2 is the final. The Oilers scored the first two goals of the game. Calgary tied it with a couple quick ones late in the first period. And then the Oilers just pulled away. Three goals in the second, two more in the third to get the victory. 44-20 the final shots on net. And you may have heard Jack Michaels updating this during the game. Calgary with just three shots in the final 30 minutes of the game. It was a uh, superior lineup on paper for the Oilers tonight, and it turned out to be a superior lineup on the ice as well. So the Oilers go to 4-2-1 and one in the preseason. One game remaining Friday night here at Rogers Place against the Seattle Kraken. We are live in Studio 99. Thanks a lot for joining us for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, and we'll go right down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Um, perfectly smooth the way they might want it, and that's okay. There's value in in seeing live fire, seeing somebody else in a different jersey try and solve uh, solve some of the things that we can do. And I thought it was, you know, it was a productive day. They got enough reps on it, and, you know, we, we found goals from two different units today so it's a positive uh, for the team going forward the early returns here on connor brown he scores a couple of goals but he's a three-phase player for you too just did you know that you were going to have that for sure this you know what appears to be this quickly from him well i think the message sent to connor brown when we sat down in the summertime and and chatted on the phone or in person was um, that we had an idea of what his strengths were. We were going to try and complement him with players um, that brought out those strengths. We, th- we think that he can be a very important player in our forward grouping, um, but that we were going to be patient because we, we didn't know how his injury uh, would respond. And, you know, he put in a lot of work especially in the summertime, to ensure that he was feeling good heading into camp. And I think we've managed him in the right manner. Um, you know, I think he f- he's going to fit our team like a glove. Hey, just to follow up on, on Connor Brown, do you, you, you got some power play time tonight. Do you see yeah. him? I know, I know this. Yeah, I do. I, I see. I think he has someone who can make a play. He has good offensive zone habits, a nose for the net. He's hungry. And... Um, you know what I like about him that that probably no one in here knows, but he's he's got life on the bench. He's someone um, that brings energy, says good things, and I think uh, that's contagious. It's a name that we keep bringing up. I know. We, I think it was this morning we brought him up. But what did you think of uh, Raphael Lavoie tonight? Yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I think he, I see growth in Raphael Lavoie, and and number one. Um, that's a credit to him and him working at his game and investing in his summertime in the right way. It's a credit to the coaching staff in Bakersfield that has helped mold him in that manner. And, um, you know, he's, he's having a good camp. He's highly competitive. Uh, it's going to be competitive here down for that last forward spot, and we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, you mentioned you wanted to get your first unit power play going tonight. Um, Brown mentioned him and Nugent Hopkins as a penalty kill duo. Are, are you kind of set there yet, or do you, you're not really sure what your duos are going to be on the... No, you know what? In Predominantly in preseason, I have auditioned people on the penalty kill. I haven't gone with really guys that I know what they can do on the penalty kill. I think it'll shake itself out here in the first few games and uh, of the regular season, but also in this last uh, exhibition game. But that was a look that I wanted to try, and they were good. Ryan McLeod skated with the group this morning. 
Does that give him, how close would he be as a possibility for Friday? Would you want to see him in a preseason game or do you care? Uh, I'd love to see him in a preseason game, but it's, that's a perfect world scenario. I think he's trending in the right direction. He'll be in our lineup opening night. I know she used Dylan Holloway a bit on the penalty kill tonight at times. Um, and through preseason. Yeah. I have, yeah. When you look at, you know, the, your first unit power play takes up a lot of the power play, and understandably so. When guys like him and others, you feel f that you need to get them on, on a PK, even if they're in the third pair, just to so they're not maybe sitting on the bench too long? Yeah, I'd love that, Jason. I think that is that is perfect world scenario, is that you find minutes for people that maybe aren't on the first unit power play and, or that don't command big five-on-five five minutes um, so that you can spread it out. I think that's a perfect world. That's what we're looking to do. But there, that, there's two parts to that or two sides to that coin is that the people that we're trying to find those minutes for have to perform in that situation. It's not just a, we're hitting minutes out and, and uh, you know, you're going to get a certain amount every night. You got to perform. And so far through preseason, I've been very happy with Dylan Holloway. He's performed well on the penalty kill. What do you think of Yanmark down the middle? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think he's a big, big, guy through the middle of the rink not so much uh, size wise but heavy on the puck and and heavy on people and um i never have to worry if matthias Yamark's going to be on the right side of the puck he, he doesn't cheat cheat the game he doesn't sniff for offense he's somebody that is most times on the proper side of his check he's highly competitive guy and i thought he, he skated well in the middle tonight i like that about him Jay, Stu only saw 20 shots tonight. Um, does it make it trickier for you to gauge his performance, especially this late preseason, or were you able to? No, you know, I think he made, he made important saves. For, he made some good saves for us. I would say that that Calgary team resembled the team that we iced in Calgary, young, kind of hardworking. Uh, I thought they did a really good job and pushed a little bit in, in the latter part of that first period and, and had some good moments in the second period there. So it's not like this game was in hand the entire way through. In fact, you know, after the first period, you're sitting there 2-2. I know our team can play better than we showed, and I thought we got better as the night wore on, which is a good sign, but uh, we're still a work in progress. We're not uh, anywhere near where we want to be in certain areas. Um, so in, in one sense, playing a team that is hungry and, and was going to work to try and do everything right, that's a good thing for us. It's a good thing for us to have to work through that because, as I said, we're a work in progress. We're, we're far from a completed product right now. To what, to what extent does the, the waiver thing play into the Raphael Lavoie situation? Is that something that you guys are just not even considering? It's just on merit on who makes the team, or is this an asset that, that where that is a part of the equation? Yeah, you know what? I think we're going to work our way through tomorrow and then, and then the following day, which is the last... Uh, preseason game and then there's going to be some discussions with our management and the coaching staff I'm sure they'll solicit the opinion of the coaches um, but you know I don't think that's you know we've got a few days here we've got time we're going to use it we're going to continue to evaluate and for, for me I said this this morning in the end the Edmonton Oilers are going to try and ice the best lineup possible whatever that is whatever the ramifications are um that's that's what we're trying to do here so i'm sure all of that stuff will be taken into consideration when the decision is made good thanks guys okay that is oilers head coach jay whitcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. 7-2, the Oilers take out the Flames tonight as uh, Rob Brown joins me here in Studio 99. Well, the Oilers, uh, you know, except for, I guess, the last few minutes of the first period in complete control of this game, uh, being able to beat up on a... On a I mean, I guess it was about 
80% of an NHL lineup about against about a third of an NHL lineup. So, Ooh, I don't even know. Well, <laughs> they're not roughly, a strong r- third. Rounding yeah. off, but, uh, but yeah, but some good individual performances. And we'll start with Connor Brown, two goals and an assist. Yeah, and you asked about him before the game, you know, how he's feeling, when, you know, when does he feel that he's back? And I said there was going to be some hesitation in his game until things start clicking for him. And tonight they did. Uh, the first goal is a great example of understanding and reading a play. He was down below the goal line, forced the turnover, and then he popped out into some quiet ice in the slot, on and off a stick, a goal. Uh, he was around the play at all times. He was physical. He penalty killed. He had two goals, could have had four or five, had a, a breakaway, uh, was all around the net, and he looked comfortable. Uh, that was a big step forward for him because there's always you know hesitation in your step because of the injury but also a little hesitation in your mind when you're like okay am i going to get it back is it going to are the hands there the passes there uh i'm coming to a new organization there's so many things that you worry about well tonight put a little bit of that at ease as he was i mean outside of mcdavid he was the best player on the ice and that goes a long way confidence wise for a player trying to make his way back after a year-long injury all right, and then Raphael Lavoie, who Woody was asked about as well, gets a goal late in the third period to make it 7-2, and, you know, the whole waiver thing uh, with him and where might he uh, wind up, but big for him to score again. How do you think of his night? I thought this was his best game, and it had nothing to do with the goal. It was the first time we saw him play physical and assert himself physically. Uh, if you're going to play in your fourth line, you're not getting power play minutes, and that's where he scored his goal. You're going to play in the fourth line, you got to create energy, you got to be physical, you got to do all the little things, and I thought this was the best game that we saw from him. Uh, the waiver issue is huge, and it plays to an advantage for him because they know that there's the opportunity some other team to take him if they send him down. I do believe he will start the season. And, and here's where... Uh, salary cap gets in the way Blaine Peterson was excellent in this game and has had a good preseason Uh, tonight he played more in a role where he would play if he was here he played on the third line uh, scored a really nice goal and actually his assist was even better the one that he or sorry didn't end up being assist the one where he sent Holloway in on a breakaway that it was a Hail Mary pass that was a wonderful play and then he had another assist if the Oilers didn't have salary cap issues and they were able to carry a lineup like they would expect to, where they had 13 or 14 forwards, Lane Peterson would be here as well. He would be the Oilers' 13th forward. Uh, I do believe he'll start in the minors, but he will be a quick call-up if anything goes sideways because both he and Lavoie tonight in a game they needed to play well in, I thought both played very well. 7-2, the Oilers take it tonight. Sometimes this happens. Uh, Connor McDavid has four points, and he's not the first player we talk <laughs> about, but a brilliant goal uh, that he uh, assisted on uh, both well, both of Brown's goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, stealing the puck from Osterley in front of the net when, it looked, when Calgary was thinking they were going to break out the puck. Got a bit of a gift from Villar, Villar on the turnaround, <laughs> on the turnover to get it to Evander Kane in front of the net, but uh, the captain uh, looked very ready for the regular season tonight. Well, he did. Um, he looked not maybe just only partly superhuman in the, the previous games, but tonight he came out and he was flying. And I, I, Bob and Jack were talking about it's these players right now have one expectation is to win a Stanley Cup, and they want to get back to the games that matter. And it's a long way to get back to those games. You've got to play the exhibition games. There's eight this year. There's 82 regular season games. And then you've got the first round. They, they, their, their expectation is high. And sometimes it's hard mentally, emotionally, to focus on a preseason game when you're used, your, your thoughts are still on those big games that you played last year in the playoffs and the year before. But they're baby steps to get to where they want to be. Tonight, Connor McDavid showed... Uh, that he's ready. Uh, this was by far his best game of the preseason. Uh, we talked about the goal he scored, that he, along with a lot of other players in the National Hockey League, are going to force goaltenders to change the way they play because that's becoming more and more common. He had four points. He easily could have had seven or eight. The power play looked good. Uh, it, was, it wasn't a true test because of the team they played against, but it was certainly 
the Oilers did exactly what they needed to do tonight, and a lot of players had little breakout games, which will bode well as we get into the regular season. Dreisaitl tried that shot as well, which has become such a weapon. You made a good point after the first period. It's 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 not just the top five shooters in the league who are trying it. Other players are trying it. And sometimes even shoot it off the goalie's head. Yeah. It might, it might well, go in. When, they're so talented nowadays. The skill level is so high. I, I see it in academies, what kids are capable of doing. And now these are the best of the best that we're watching. Uh, who was it? Was it Connor Brown they were showing? The other day, they were showing someone on Oilers Plus that there was this little teeny target, and they, were, they had this practice ice they were shooting on, and he went 10 for 10 in this small little spot that he kept hitting. Um, so these guys can hit any spot they're given, and if they have time, uh, they're capable of putting the puck wherever they want. And that's not just the superstars. That's your fourth-line guys. Mm-hmm. And if goaltenders, the way they play, they leave that little spot open at the top. Of the, net. the goalie's only so big. So we can't cover everything, uh, and they're planning. They're playing for the the pass to be able to push across the crease. And if you leave a little spot open, guys are going to try for it. And now the guys are capable of hitting it. And now, for a goaltender seeing a Connor or a Leon coming down on him, it just makes it that much harder because it used to be okay. He's coming down on me. He's going to throw it across. Okay, where's my back door guy? Well, now, okay, now i got to lean more up against the, the post, and now if you start doing that, now the backdoor pass is a wide-open net because you can't get across. Yeah. So the skilled players are so skilled, they're making the profession of goaltending that much harder. But now you have goalie coaches will try and figure out the next. They just keep going back and forth how to take things away and playing the percentages. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see what the goalie reaction will be. I mean, you, I guess you could stand up, but then they're not going to be in as good a position to take away a pass well, or, or get across. Well, because what you see when the goaltender, they, they don't front the shooter when the shooter's coming down on an angle like that. They're not right. turned facing him. They're facing straight out to center ice and they're trying to play the angle. They're trying to cover as much as they can and then they've got their foot against the post to slide across. And that's how you've always been taught because there's only, I don't know, it's a, it's a very small f- four inch by four inch spot that's open up top mm-hmm. and most players would never shoot there because you know the coaches get mad you miss that you shoot high it goes around the boards and out right. and a coach would get mad players nowadays can hit that right. and they can hit it consistently so now do you change it so the goalie fronts the 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 shooter coming down and now it's on the defenseman to make sure that that pass doesn't get across but something's got to be happening because we're seeing more and more of those goals happening and it's not just as you said it's not just the Connors and the Leons we're seeing fourth line guys we're seeing defensemen try that and they're all capable of hitting that spot yeah I I know sometimes you'll hear a a coach or a player or goalie talk about how many pucks the space was mm-hmm. for size. It was a it was a three puck space, and he was able to hit it. And but to me, if I if I was a shooter, I would want to hear that because you might think, oh, that's a small hole, and somebody says, oh, that's a four puck space. Oh, really? I don't even have that be that precise. <laughs> I, got, I could put four pucks in there. Well, if you just watch the guys at the beginning of practice, what they're capable of doing, and it was funny. Guys would I remember going out with team tough guys and they'd go on the ice George Rock go on the ice he go bar down every time if you, mm-hmm. if you want or they, they play beer league they score 10 goals a game in beer league these guys are good hockey players that the skill level continues to improve and impress every yeah. year well and I, and I was talking about what I saw Connor doing on an empty net the mm-hmm. other day and I've noticed from you know watching practice for 10 years now in the NHL a lot of times when you think like late after a practice the, you know the coach leaves players can kind of leave whenever they feel like they're ready and it might look like oh they're just fooling around they're not they're i mean even if they might be a little bit they're still thinking oh that might work in a game or i wonder if i wonder if i can make a a backhand sauce pass while falling down from one face up to the the, or or whatever like they, they can they're filing it away if they do something that might look a little goofy or unusual in practice that it works they still might file away hmm that's how that felt well what, the, what you see a player do in a game, if he tries something, it's because he's tried it in practice already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or he's tried it in the summer, and the summer will use, okay, this worked, and now I'm going to try it in the training camp. Well, training camp worked, now I'm going to try it in practice. And they continue to do it, and they continue to refine it. The guy that goes between his legs and, and scores a goal, when he does it in a game, that's not the first time he's ever done that. Right. They've all done that many, many times, and the skill level is just higher and higher. And the one thing, too, the game is not as physical anymore. So you have actually a little bit more time before you get 
You used to get drilled if you tried something like that. It's not like that anymore. The skill is starting to come to the forefront, and that's fun for us watching. All right, so the Oilers win at 7-2. How about this? The Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We will get to some phone calls in a second here, but a, a really good game for Connor Brown down to the Oilers dressing room. Here he is. I guess after the, the amount of time you weren't able to play the game, it must must be nice to be able to, to get out there, but then start raising your arms in the air a little bit and celebrating that feeling. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just like, you know, like you said, I'm just, just grateful to be able to be back and be at full health and to be playing again and, and to be playing with this group too. It's a special group, I feel like, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a bonus to be able to, you know, celebrate a couple. So if we were to back up a couple of months while you were still in the middle of getting everything better, told you that you'd look like this or feel like this would you be surprised like are you are you even further ahead than maybe you thought you'd... no no i think that uh you know it, it, you have to have trust in the process and i you know i i tried to stick to that and uh you know just and just did everything i possibly could to kind of you know lead me to, to where i'm at now and so um patience it, it can be tough throughout rehab but uh you know all, all that patience kind of paid off and so it's nice to be feeling good as much fun playing with connor as you recall yeah, it might be more fun now. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, you know, he's everywhere. And, you know, when he's on his game like that, he's got a puck on the string. And, um, you know, it's fun to be out there with him. Connor, what, what's the last thing that comes back when you come back from an injury like that, like when you've been gone for that long? Well, I think for me, it's, uh, you know, it's more so just a time away. You know, it's it's been, you know, a calendar year of uh, not being in NHL hockey. And so just timing, um you know, getting finding the groove, and so uh, it's been it's been nice to be able to have this camp and and get some games uh, under me and and build. Give you one more chance for the hat trick, or what? <laughs> yeah, I know a couple chances. You know, it's uh, a couple good looks there. It's it's always a good thing when you're getting looks, but uh, um, you know they don't count yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's you know what? For um, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, our team's been you know uh, working really hard on on defense, and so we go in that third period. We we talked a lot about just controlling the game, controlling the puck, and I thought we played the majority of that game in the offensive zone and. Uh, took care of the thing, and so um, a lot of positives in that third. Aside, uh, the offense is only a, a part, maybe even a small part of your game. How have you felt about the other parts of your game as you? Good, yeah, I know. I feel like I fit in with the the way we want to kill here really well, and so I think uh, penalty killing has been a it been a good adjustment because of because of the style we kill. And I think it was nice to be out there with Nuge. I think me and him can have some chemistry on the kill together, and uh, and so um, you know it's it's been good. Yeah, like you said, you know, for first things first, when you get back in action, you want to make sure you're you're uh, checking all the boxes of being in the right spots and, uh, and and taking care of the team game first. And so now that uh, you know, I feel like I'm back at it. It's nice to be able to pot a few. Is that part like riding a bike a little bit? Like you don't... Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, well, you know, the difference is you're in the summer and you're... You don't stop your feet as much. You, know, you come back in the... You know, you're coming back in your own then you're turning. So now it's, you know, you got to turn it on and, you know, stop inside, you know, and do your job on the, you know, as a winger and then take care of the middle of the ice and uh, stop your feet. And, and uh, so making sure I'm doing all those little things uh, first and foremost. Kind of playing with McDavid, I guess. Is it what a case of you have to be ready for a pass at all times type thing because you never know when it's coming. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's read and react off him. Obviously, he's making a lot of guys miss and he's uh, he's moving quickly and so it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a timing thing, obviously. And uh, just trying to build that timing, yeah. Sorry, you've been in Canadian cities before playing for these teams. I know it's really early, but what's your... What's your early experience being an Oiler in Edmonton here? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I think um, you know the, the passion that this this city has for their team, and um, you know the way, the, what this what this organization, what this team means to the city is uh, you know it's felt in this room and it's felt in the organization. And so uh, you know it's it's such a storied franchise. You know the guys that have come through this room. It's uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be an Oiler. Are people talking to you out there? Like, are, are you getting much of that? Fans wanting to chat with you? Yeah, a little, a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I've I've only been here a few weeks, right. but. Um, uh, a few encounters. And anybody, uh, like, they talk about expectations, they talk about, like, what, what do fans bring to you? Nothing, really. I'm just, just happy to have me here is, is the, what I've, uh, I've kind of got in, in my, my small encounters. And, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm happy to be here. 
Well, no doubt he is, and I'm sure he'll become more recognized by fans around the city as uh, we get more into the season. That's Connor Brown, two goals and an assist tonight. Oilers take it to the Flames, 7-2. And I, I think, uh, I know he was asked about being ready for a pass from anybody uh, or from, from Connor McDavid. I, I mean, I think forwards, that's how they play now. Even if you're not with McDavid or Dreisler, will always be ready for the puck. But, yeah, I, I mean, and you've said this, you're never covered, right? When you're, you're, you always might be open, even if you think you aren't when you're on with one of those guys. Well, the, the biggest thing, and he talked a little bit about read and react. When you're on the ice, you're reading the play. You, you understand what's going to happen, just the way the play is moving. And with most players, it's very easy. It's like watching a film. You know exactly where this each scene is going to go and it's because you've seen that film before. When you play with Connor or, or Leon, it's different because you're watching, okay, he's about to get pushed into the corner. He's going to get angled off. So he's probably going to throw the puck behind the net. But then he puts the puck between the defenseman skates, does a spinorama, and now he's got a passing lane. You're like, okay, whoa, when I'm playing with so-and-so or so-and-so, they don't do that. So it's different playing with Connor or Leon or with Leon. You think, okay, he's got two guys going to him. He's just going to chip it. i got to dive in the corner because I'm going to get the puck. But Leon wants two guys to come to him. And then he only has his hands available, but with his hands he's able to make a backhand pass across the ice. So that's why it's harder playing for Connor and with Connor and Leon is because you always have to be prepared. And you've got to s- expect the unexpected because they make plays and see plays that no other player on the team does. And it, it's a, a timing thing. And I think when they asked him what's the, the, the last thing to come back, it is the timing. And it's even more so when you're playing with Connor McDavid because he makes play, plays that no other player in the NHL makes. So there's nothing that you could practice in the summer that will prepare you for playing with Connor McDavid. All right, 7-2 tonight. Let's go to the hotline for CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. 780-496-0063. We have Brad. Ahoy, Brad. Go ahead. Hi there. Um, just had a question about Warren Fogle. Sure. Do you think he is a guy that might be able to take the next step, or do you think he might get replaced by a guy like Lavoie? And then we can use that cap hit to maybe get an equivalent depth defenseman. Well, the the one problem, they're, they're opposite sides. I don't see Lavoie ever going over to the left side, nor do I see Fogel being a right winger. So I don't think he'd be replaced that way. Uh, I, I do believe the Oilers feel that he has some chemistry with McLeod and probably with Holloway. And I think they, they think he's going to take a step forward. Um, I mean, they, when they acquired him, they saw something in him that they liked and felt that he could complement the team with. So, uh, yeah, I think right now their thought process is Fogel's going to be a, a, an important part of our team going forward. You know, 40, 50 games from now, there will be an evaluation of the team. and They'll see what's worked and what hasn't. But I believe right now they feel he is going to take a step forward. Yeah, I, I, I would think with Fogel, if he eventually gets... Replaced. I wonder if you know Holloway is more primed for that. But I, I mean, I think I think they see Fogel as an important part of the team. Um, I, I still sometimes feel there's a little bit of perception, or I might get a call or a text from a listener. I'm not saying from everybody, but a little bit like, oh, Fogel's a little underwhelming, or he didn't have a great year last year. He scored 13 goals in 67 games. The previous year, he had 12 and 82. So, you know, in the previous year with Carolina, the shortened year, he had 10 and 53, 13 and 68 the year before that, 10 and 77 his first full year. So he's kind of of an automatic to get double-digit goals, and his pace last year, you know, would have been 15 or 16 if he was healthy, and I I don't know he was, and he did miss some games. And this is a guy not getting any power play time. Right. This, or more or less, being the second unit, if that. So he he is a third-line player that's going to give you double-digit goals. Uh, and normally is is fairly sound defensively. So yeah, I, I do believe that they feel he gives them. A, uh, he's given them exactly what he gave Carolina when they made the trade. So I don't think they traded for him. Said okay, now he's going to score yeah. 25. He's a 13, 14 goal scorer, and that's what he gave them. Uh, I mean, he is a UFA, but I mean, if the Oilers are a good team, they're 
Good teams don't trade their UFAs. Yeah, they want to. I mean, I, I guess you never know when you, it comes down to a possible deal. But I, I think they want Fogel to, to succeed and have a strong season here. Like you said, third line, right? That's what he is. I mean, the Oilers didn't have a th- third line for a lot of years, so that's kind of what he was brought in to fill. 7-2, the Oilers win tonight over the Calgary Flames. Connor Brown with a couple of goals. We have Jordan on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Jordan, go ahead. Hey, boys. I had a question about the Connor connection, but first, if you have a minute, I just wanted to share a McDavid anecdote uh, from last month. Um, I I guess he had just uh, been home about a week, like the captain skates were happening. Um, And I work in film and television. Uh, I've called in a bunch before. um, And uh, anyways, so I I work as as an assistant director, and I got called in to do a commercial. Uh, I can't say what big national corporate client it was, but I found out the day before, yeah, it was going to be McDavid. It was our kind of hero character. And uh, you kind of... You kind of tighten up your laces a bit tighter when you go to work that day, and I, I, I kind of sense that McDavid effect in our little kind of paramilitary film crew scenario. It was the best of the best for the local crew and even some people from out of town, um, and like we made our day and 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 kept things cool and chill with him. He was a treat to work with, super super um, on it, and a good. He he hit all his lines and, and the performances were great. It was super awesome to deal with and a uh, real gentleman and, and showed a lot of gratitude and stuff to the crew. Um, and I thought I'd just share that because... Uh, so when's the commercial think... out so you can tell us even more about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's, it's a good one. Um, and it, it's funny. I think it, it, it'll be... Uh, It'll be a, a good one for people to see uh, during the season. But, uh, cool. yeah, I just I had heard other things about working with him, mostly because I think if he's there, given with who he is, like he doesn't want to wait around if we're just kind of twiddling our thumbs and we're not ready for him, you know. So we were all on it, and I just felt like everyone kind of brought their A game just being around him. And I thought, oh, this must be what it means. like playing hockey with this best player on earth. You kind of <laughs> – everyone probably leans into it a bit more. And I, I wonder, getting back to the other Connor, if, like – how much of that connection played into it um, coming back from the injury and their history together, you know, in junior, like you guys think that played an effect in the signing or would he have been brought in anyways as a winger with the hole in the top six? Oh, I, I certainly think that the, them having played together and being friends had a big uh, part of him signing here of both McDavid wanting him to be here and Connor Brown wanting to come here. So yeah, I do believe that, played a part as for the connection on the ice I mean it was a long time ago that they played together on the ice so I'm not sure there's still chemistry brewing from that but I think that having someone that you know and like and then understanding what kind of game they play uh, I think Connor McDavid would have some say in free agents that are coming here I think the ownership and the management would say, okay, well, here's who we're building around. Like, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? And I think Connor McDavid would have been all in on getting Connor Brown here and having him on his line. I don't, I don't think Connor McDavid's ever going to have a line mate that he doesn't want to have as a line mate. I think he has a big say in who plays with him. 7-2, the Oilers win tonight over the Calgary Flames. Uh, Skinner, a quieter night for him. He stops 18 out of 20 to get the win in net. He was beaten by Zadorov and Dewar, 2-12 apart late in the first period. Edmonton pretty much in control other for that. Uh, I mean, it, I guess that end of the first period was the only time Calgary had maybe a significant kind of push in this game. Well, I, I think the Oilers, it, it was quite easy early, and I think maybe... A little overconfident. Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw the score. They saw the t- <laughs> Calgary's lineup. And at that point, they think, oh, this is going to be a big night. They slowed a little bit. And the Calgary Flames, other young players came through and, and pushed a little bit. Uh, I, I think the, the goal that Skinner let in by Zadorov maybe gave a little jolt to the Calgary Flames that allowed them to push a little bit, f- uh, thinking, hey, you know what? This could be our night. But after the first period, the Edmonton Oilers completely took over in this hockey game, and the Flames just didn't have the horses in it. Uh, I do believe that the, uh, Skinner, that, that first goal shouldn't go in and normally wouldn't go in, but I think that will be Skinner's last game of the preseason. Yep. And to me, it was enough for him to be the game, game one starter, and I would imagine that uh, Jack Campbell will be the game two starter. That's my prediction here a week ahead of the opening night. 780-496-0063. K-Jam giving us a buzz tonight. Go ahead, K-Jam. 
Yeah, I was just wondering because they didn't really, well, especially uh, one of them didn't really catch my eye. I was wondering about your thoughts on uh, on Ernie and uh, and Gleason. Uh, I think Ernie again had a quiet night. I think right now uh, the, it's between Lavoie and Peterson. I think Lavoie's contract situation puts him ahead of Peterson. Uh, I think Peterson will go to the minors and will be the first forward called up if there is an injury. Uh, and I, and again, this is I have no idea, but I I believe that Ernie will either sign a minor league contract or be released from his PTO. I don't think. He's done enough to move ahead of either Peterson or Lavoie in the uh, pecking order. As for Gleason, I thought he was fine again. Uh, again, I don't know if he—I don't think he's going to pass Broberg or Deharnay, but I do believe he put himself in a position to be the first defenseman called up. I think he's had an excellent preseason and surprised a lot of people. Just checking the scoreboard here for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Oil Kings beaten 5-3 in Saskatoon. Other NHL action tonight. It was, uh, let me get them up here. The Kraken, who are going to be here on Friday night. A 2-1 lead over the Canucks with six minutes left in the third. Devils beat the Rangers 5-2. Red Wings knock off the Penguins 2-1. And it's the Blue Jackets with a 5-3 win over the Sabres. Okay, if you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you. You're also going to hear from Raphael Lavoie, who gets a goal tonight. The Oilers cruise 7-2, pounding of the Calgary Flames. We're live in Studio 99. You're listening to Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Round the boards to Holloway who scored three. Sinners one-timers score. LeBlanc able to finish. And Holloway late in the game finds yet another way to contribute. This way doing it with a perfect look to the middle of the ice and Lebois has been around that net all yep. night Bob we noted it well that's the icing on the cake tonight the seventh goal in a 7-2 Oilers victory over the Calgary Flames scored by this man Raphael Lavoie I mean, it went great. You know, we had a great game overall as a team. And I mean, uh, just icing on the cake uh, at the end there, trying to only got a goal. So uh, it's a good team win, and it's going to send us up for the season. It's getting to be like late days here, right? Only one game left. Everybody knows that there's battles for spots. How are you handling kind of the pressure of that, and how do you think it's gone? Well, you know, it's, it's a day-by-day -day thing. Like mm -hmm. I said, I don't control what management does with their decisions. I'm just showing up here every day, and whatever happens, happens. You've had a couple of opportunities to like, score, shooters kind of goals. Is that, I mean, it's a, it's a big part of your game, but that must feel good when, you, when you're able to contribute with what, you know, what you're strong at that way. Yes, for sure. You know, I've said I have to adapt my game, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm a shooter, and I see the game as a shooter, and that's, that's how I want to contribute to, to this team, and it's, it's good to know that I'm able to. What's the biggest challenge, Raphael, when you talk about adapting your game to be like a, you know, start out as a bottom six guy? Lots of guys have to do that. What's been the, the biggest thing you've focused on that you feel will allow you to be successful in that role? You know, bringing more physicality, you know, blocking shots, you know, getting in lanes, being really reliable defensively, you know, handing off a good shift to when the big guys get on the ice. So that's, you know, major, major points in the game plan for the game. Grab a job as an NHL player and then work from there. Has that got to be the plan? Yeah, you know, I'll just... Uh, Trying, trying to get in, the, in this room, and then we'll see you from there. You felt you, like you've been picking up some momentum as Caps and preseason have gone, gone along here. Yes, for sure. You know, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm playing well. You know, making a little bit of mistakes here and there, but you know, I feel like my game's in a good spot right now, and I'm trying to build from on it. So your future could be. Well, now we'll never know. <laughs> your future, future could be. It's a cliffhanger. <laughs> Well, he's writing his own future right now. He is. It, it's, uh, the key for a player like Lavoie is to become a regular National Hockey League player to a guy so where he shows up to the rink, he knows he's playing, and it might start with seven minutes a night, 
but at least he's in the lineup every night. Then all of a sudden someone gets hurt or someone's having an off game. You move up, now you grab that opportunity. Now you're up to 12 minutes a night. But you don't become a top six forward. You don't get to show what you do best. And for him, it's been scoring goals until you become a regular. To become a regular, and he talked about it, getting in shooting lanes, blocking shots, being physical, being trustworthy defensively. They don't need more goals, the Edmonton Oilers. The coaching staff is looking for someone they can trust defensively. If he can do that, he will find himself in the lineup. 7804960063, we have Rocket standing by. Hi, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, boys, how you doing tonight? Good. Good performance by the Oilers. Of course, it should have been 7-2. Uh, I have a question for you. Did you ever play for a team as a teenager and your preparation for the season was to go play in a tournament before the season even started? All teams do that, yeah. That's part of the... They have preseason tournaments, all of the... I don't know, I guess they call them rep teams around uh, the province. So, yeah, I... I've been in those tournaments, yep. Lacrosse, we used to do that every year. I've coached lacrosse for 35 years now, I think now. I don't, I don't even know how old I am, Rob. <laughs> Nonetheless, we used to go to uh, BC all the time. Bill McBain had a tournament in BC in Penticton. And we'd go there every year and play in their tournament before we even played our regular season. So my question is, to make a long story short, is there's been a lot of talk about how many preseason games do you need and this, that, and the other thing. And a lot of people are like, let's just get at it. How much stock do you put in the NHL preseason versus, you know, because I can tell you 100%, every time we went to a tournament and we came back and played our regular season, we were like 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Okay. 9 and 4, 9 yeah, and I don't, 3. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a connection between NHL preseason success and winning the Stanley Cup. I don't think there's any connection, no. no. And and for players, it all depends. I mean, uh, Kucherov came in a couple of years ago. His first game was the first playoff game. Uh, he won the, didn't he win the Conn Smythe that year for playoff MVP with zero preseason or regular season games. Uh, there's teams every year, look at the standings at the end of preseason. There's teams that have gone undefeated and don't make the playoffs. There's teams that have uh, struggled, have been 500 or belower, and have really good regular seasons. If the games actually meant anything in preseason, the best players would play every night. They don't. Uh, the preseason is to evaluate players for the coaches and the management, and for veteran players to just find a little bit of chemistry, get up to speed. Um, I, some players would like to play one or two, some want to play more. I wanted to play everyone, just meant I didn't get bag skated with all the guys not dressing, so I wanted to play more instead of less. But I, there's, I don't believe there's any correlation on how a team does in the preseason as to how they will do come regular season. Yeah, it's it's big for some players, not not as big for others. Seven two, the Oilers able to get the victory tonight over the Calgary Flames. Um, we'll see, w- would you, who would you want to play again on Friday? And if Ekholm and McLeod, I mean the the word has been well, they're actually like not that injured. But it didn't sound like just listen to before the game what he talked about uh, McLeod and said that or is it after the game I can't remember now my nights and days run into each other but he said he will play game one. So to me it doesn't sound like he's going to be playing game eight of the preseason. Right. Um, as a player you would uh, you would want to play one game uh, to get in but I think it's one of those things at the end of the season people, fans, they get mad when the 
if you're in the playoffs, why are you playing your star players? You don't want them hurt for the playoffs. Last preseason game, well, why are we playing our star players? This preseason game means nothing. We got They start five days later. I think the coaching staff will talk to some of the players, see what they're like. The problem, if they don't dress their top players, they don't dress their full lineup, it will be seven days between games or eight days between games for all these players and some even longer some of the guys that didn't play tonight i imagine the oilers will have my guess would have their full lineup if connor and leon want to play the game they'll have their full I lineup. Think they'll play then that'll be four half yep. the half the games but uh, again it it doesn't matter the players are in better shape than they've ever been in the history of the national hockey league so uh, they don't need this game to prepare themselves. It'll be all whatever the coaching staff talking with the players feel is best for them. 7-2, the Oilers beat the Flames. The Oilers' first goal by Connor McDavid and the final goal of the game by Raphael Lavoie. On the power play, the power play is updated for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help you get out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, Conlon motorsports.ca 7804960063 Drew calling in tonight. Hello Drew. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. Awesome, awesome. What uh what's what do you guys think our fourth line's shaping up to be? I'm just kind of wondering. Like I, I haven't been following uh who's who's like actually excelling. Uh, like are we we're going to have a surprise guy in the fourth line or I think the fourth line will be Mark Ryan and uh Lavoie. That's my guess. Okay, nice. Yeah, so yeah. You have Ryan, Ryan's a staple, right? As opposed to Ryan. Uh, well, Ryan, Ryan will either be at the third line or the fourth line. I think it'll be Holloway, Fogel, and McLeod as the third line, and I think they'll go with veterans Ryan Yanmark with the young kid Lavoie on their fourth line. Now Ryan and Holloway could flip flop, but to me, I like Holloway on the third line. I want him with more minutes instead of less. He played well again tonight. He was very good. I mean, that was a nice play on the goal that Lavoie scored. I know it's nothing time, but a lot of guys, and this is where the confidence comes in as a player now, when he broke down the boards, a lot of players would have just let the puck go around the boards. The guy's kind of taken him. It'll go back to the point, and they get set up on the power play. Uh, or some guys will just bounce the puck back to the far side and get it set up on the opposite side. But he knew he had the guy a step on him. He picked the puck up. Picked the puck off the boards with full confidence. Came out, looked for a play, made the play, and it was in the back of the net. So Holloway just continues to gain confidence every time he plays. And, yes, I think he had another strong game. All right, 7-2. The Oilers win it. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. We'll call a quick timeout. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. For with you, here's a steal by Calgary and a shot tried and hunt. That was turned aside by Stuart Skinner. Skinner saved the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Not a busy night for Skinner. Faces 20 shots, makes 18 saves in a 7-2 Edmonton victory over Calgary. Only had three shots on goal in the final 30 minutes of the game as the Oilers completely took over the goals. McDavid on the power play, then Brown, Zadorov, and Dewar for Calgary. Then in the second period, Peterson on a breakaway. Dreisaitl scored. Brown after McDavid stole it from Osterley in front of the net. Third period, Kane from McDavid as Vladar missed a teammate with a pass and went right to McDavid. And then Lavoie from Holloway and Peterson on the power play uh, late in the game with 5.07 left. Connor Brown did have a shot at the hat trick. Well, a couple of shots, but Mm -hmm. a a breakaway with four and a half minutes left. Vladar made the save. Uh, You mentioned Holloway. He had that great play, Rob, as you mentioned, busting in from the left side, kind of a partial breakaway in the second period. Uh, Fogel had that, uh, well, Fogel had a couple kind of partial breaks, one in the second, one in the third. So they were uh, around the net and all over a Calgary team that didn't have a great lineup tonight. So the Oilers did what they needed to do as they prepare for their final preseason game in two days and then the season opener in Vancouver one week from tonight. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was almost like a scrimmage practice for the Oilers at time tonight because of the competition. You know that's not a good lineup playing against you when there's seven players wearing numbers that are in the 70s. Right. They had a they had a number of 72, 74, 76. So it was a, a very young, inexperienced team that Calgary iced, and it, it's funny it it was it got ugly for them. 
but a lot of those players would have certainly learned something tonight mm-hmm. and they're going to remember the night that they played against Connor and Leon and Connor put on a show so uh, all the teams in the National Hockey League do this they send uh, a subpar team on the road and sometimes games get out of hand and tonight it did for the Calgary Flames. Do you think the Flames are a threat to return to the playoffs as I've referenced many times since the season ended, they had one more point than the Florida Panthers, and Florida was a Cinderella team, and Calgary was considered, uh, a, a, you know, a disappointing season last year. Can they get back in, you know, in the in the West in this division? They can. I, I don't think it's easy. I know that uh, I, I heard you and Bob talking, and Bob doesn't think the Kraken are a playoff team anymore. I like the Kraken. They've got their whole team back. Now, the Kraken need help in net. They need Grubauer to be good, but they're good. Vancouver's going to be a better hockey club than they were. I think uh, Vegas is great. Oilers are very good. Uh, Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, there's a lot of good teams. I do believe the Calgary Flames can make the playoffs. The one thing that I see that uh, will hurt them is I I don't know where they're going to get their goals from. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, who I don't believe is... Uh, an elite goal scorer, but he was a consistent goal scorer, and he's gone. So I think the Calgary Flames are a very good defensive team. Uh, I, I, I just... It, it, well, I think all the teams in the Western Conference are going to have to get off to good starts because I think what we've seen in the past when Vancouver's slow start, I'm not sure if you fall behind early, you're going to be capable of catching up because I do believe there's probably 10 or 11 strong teams in the West that'll be fighting for the eight spots. Yeah, and you didn't even mention L.A. L.A. Third think- of the, I mean, so if, if you're in the top three in your division, you're in. Yes. And then uh, if you're fourth or fifth, you have a chance, mm-hmm. depending on what the other side does. I think Winnipeg's going to be a, a fighting for a fly- playoff spot again this year, and they're going to want to get off to a good start because if they don't, then they're going to see some big names being moved at the deadline because they've got some unrestricted free agents and some very good ones. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. That's what you want. You want uh, competitive balance. You want all the games to be fun to watch because they're close. I don't like where they have 16 really good teams and then you have a big drop-off to the non-playoff teams. I don't think we're going to have that this year. I think there are a number of teams that are capable of making playoffs, and health will be huge. you got to stay healthy because you can't afford to have a run of injuries that knock you out of a, a playoff run. All right. So uh, here's what's happened. Oilers practice at noon tomorrow. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from 5 to 7. I'll have inside sports from 7 to 8. And then Friday is our next game broadcast, last game of the preseason, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. Oilers versus the Kraken, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630chet.com or globalnews.ca. The Elks also play Friday in Toronto. That coverage will start at 3.30 and it'll be on Kissing Country 103.9. They are at Toronto for a 5 o'clock kickoff. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Jed. Connor Brown scores twice. Connor McDavid, four points. 7-2 win over the Flames is your final. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.